Welcome to Sport Fate Life. I'm Chad Carlson. And I'm Brian Bolt. We're two guys from rival schools who came together with one common purpose, to think deeply about sport and faith. We're sport scholars, we're coaches, and we're competitive athletes, or at least we were. And together, we've created Sport Faith Life, a conversation that meets at the intersection of sport and faith. Welcome to Sport Faith Life, the podcast that meets at the intersection of sport and faith. I'm here with my co-host, Chad Carlson. We are excited to have a special guest with us today. We have Alexandre Borges de Megalhais. Alexandre is the director of the Christian Life Movement. He's based out of Brazil, but the movement spans 15 different countries. Alexandre is also the author of the book, Sport and Christian Commitment. Alexandre, excited to have you here with us. Thank you so much for having me here and all you are doing in this project. Thank you so much. Well, we appreciate that. Hey, we want to start off by asking you a few questions so we can get to know you a little bit better. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, your background with sport in your life? Yeah, well, since I remember, I always loved sports and literally all sports. Of course, as a Brazilian, uh, soccer is the main sport to have here. We call it football. And, <laughs> and uh, for us, it's we almost we always joke that uh, football here soccer it's not a sport it's like a religion but mm-hmm. it's just a joke of course but I always loved all sports all sports uh, basketball uh, volleyball tennis I love tennis and in the Olympics summer and winter I watch almost all sports so yeah and I I practice judo for four years. I practice swimming. I practice futsal. That's a, a small kind of soccer that we have here. That's like a, a, a official sport. I played it for five years. And after the 30s, now I have uh, 48 years, uh, I've been running. So I run like uh, 10 kilometers, three, so almost every day I run 80 kilometers. I don't know in, in miles. And I run one marathon, 42 kilometers. And each year I try to run a half marathon. I just run a marathon once. And uh, with my, well, that's it. My, my background in sport, it's this. I, I never played a, a professional sport, of course, but I always loved watching sports and I've practiced a lot of sports. Well, it sounds like sports had a big part in your life and the yeah. mileage that you put on now is pretty amazing. Congratulations on that. So I wonder if you can tell us a little bit about uh, your faith background. Yeah. Well, I, I've been a Catholic for all, all my life. I've been baptized Catholic. But in in my childhood and, and, and when I was a teenager, I didn't practice it so much. No, I, I went to the church for Christmas and some Eastern and special moments. But when I was was studying law at law school in Rio de Janeiro. I am from Rio de Janeiro. I uh, get engaged to the church there, to the, the pastoral group in, in, in my law school that was managed by the Christian Life Movement. So I engaged to the, to the Christian Life Movement and I, I get the confirmation. That's when we, we get confirmed at our baptism. And uh, I started, well, I 
I, after studying law, I studied theology, Catholic theology, and then I, I, I got a, a license on education. So I've been having pastoral work for all my life. I, I dedicated my life to that you know, as a lay person, but consecrated to evangelization. So that's my, my background of faith. Alexandra, you uh, tired me out with your conversation about uh, all the things that you've done, uh, but it sounds uh, very similar in that you you love sport the way we do. You We started with a ball in our hands or at our feet and throughout life have just maintained that sort of love. And then your walk through your church life gives us a little sense of who you are. But I'm wondering if you can give us something about yourself that is not specifically sport or faith related, something new, some interesting tidbit that would help us get to know you. So sport, faith, yeah. tell us about your life. Well, I really love uh, different cultures. And I, I am always fascinated for different countries, cultures, history, and I, I had the opportunity to travel a lot for work and also for, for pleasure. And I've been in more than 40 countries, and I count them. Wow. So I think that it, it's an important tip to understand me. I, I try to, to understand the value of each culture by themselves. And also, I, I try to understand the importance of that we understand ourselves as one humankind. So it's important the difference, but it's also important all the things that get us together. So that's for me, it's very important. And I try to, when, I, when I've been in the, in the US, in Canada, in Europe, I've been in the Philippines, in, in Asia, I've been in Japan, I've been in Angola, in Africa, in, in South Africa, and, and all, almost all the countries here in, in South America and, and and Central America. So it's interesting how people can be so different and so similar at the same time. So I think that it's it's uh, an important tip to understand myself. Well, amen to that. Uh, the idea of difference and then oneness. I think uh, we're, uh, Chad and I live 30 minutes from each other and in a small section of the United States where um, West Michigan and yet we're talking to people from all around the world and we're really, really excited to do that. And we're part of a global organization. And so uh, as we think about uh, the different people that are listening, I'm guessing that few of us have traveled to Rio de Janeiro. Yeah. Uh, can you give us a little sense of your home? Can you give us a little sense of what life is like? Uh, you know, I know you've been talking about all these other wonderful cultures and countries you've been to. Do a little bragging about your home space. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, Rio, I, I think that everybody knows that Rio is very beautiful with nature. And also we have social problems that make the city violent. No? And both things are really true. But they are not the entire experience of being in Rio. Rio is such a, a, a rich cultural city. We've been the, the, the capital of Brazil for more than 200 years, you know, we were, Rio de Janeiro was the, the, the center of the Portuguese empire because when the Portuguese court went out of Portugal because of the invasion of Napoleon, they came to Rio de Janeiro 
And from Rio, they governed the colonies in India, in Goa, in Macau, all Africa, and also Brazil. So Rio has a, a, a very rich background. And in the last, and of course, the, we have the, 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 the natural beauty of the city, the mountains, the beaches and everything. But we also have uh, uh, very good museums, beautiful churches. And yeah, that's, I think that Rio is an amazing city. But of course, as we have in all uh, South America, we have very, uh, I, I always say that the big problem is not the inequality. The big problem is poverty. We really have uh, poor people. That's like 20 or 30% of our population. And the, in these places, the, the, the narco traffic no, are, always have their, their fields and it makes that places violent. But I think that Rio is a great city. You can visit Rio. It's safe for most tourists. It can pass bad things, but in general, it's, it's great to visit. It's awesome. And if you, have, if you want to have a first approximation of Brazil, Rio is great. Brazil is, is very, so that's it, that's it. So Rio is, is well known as, um, as a city that's somewhat ex- exotic. There's natural beauty like you shared. Uh, there's, there's cultural richness like you shared. Rio has come onto the sporting map in recent years for hosting the Olympics and then being a host city for uh, some World Cup matches over the last few years. And I wonder what that means to you as a Brazilian. I wonder what that means to how um, the country has seen itself and specifically for some of the work that you do at the intersection of sport and Christianity. Yeah. yeah. Uh, thank you for the question. Uh, it's, yeah, we had in, in Rio the Olympics and the, the World Soccer Championship. And also Brazil is a very, a very uh, passion for sport country. Uh, we, we hear we, people in general love sports. And having here these uh, major events uh, gave me the opportunity to participate in, in, in some activities, mostly in the Olympics, because in, in, in Rio de Janeiro, the, the, the Archbishop of Rio took part in the, in the religious part, and, and, and he indicated a priest to be uh, all the time in the Olympics. So I, I worked with that priest Work is a, just a word. Now we, we, we talked with that priest sometimes about the job he was doing. And also my book was released in Portugal because it was first released in Spanish. And it was released in Portuguese because of the Olympics. And uh, yeah, I have the opportunity to give speeches in some parishes and some universities. And for me, seeing in Rio de Janeiro all people from all over the world. It was, and watching this, many people uh, practice their religions in the, in the Olympics. We have uh, Anglican church, Lutheran churches, ecumenical churches, Catholic churches, uh, and Muslims, Jews, and they, we have chaplains for all the, the religion, the main religions. So it was great. So Alexandra, you mentioned your book, and as you start in a career to think about writing a book, there are certain 
you know, things that prompt you. And you said the Olympics being uh, one of those things. But I think your loves, your love of your your Catholic faith and your love of sport kind of came together. And yet sometimes people, when they're, they sit down to write a book, they end up kind of seeing – uh, the negatives, things that, that are not working very well. And other people are, are seeing a real fusion and a real opportunity. Tell us how you approach this idea of sport and faith and how they, they may work together. Yeah. Well, I think that all, all the things that are expression of the human being, we always will have sin and grace. You know? and, and in sports, it happens, you no. Know? It's, it's not only good things. You also can see and can experience uh, challenges. And we can say in theology, it, it, there are sin in a sport too, like everything that is in the, in the, in the human being life. So uh, nowadays, uh, when we talk about uh, professional sport, we have always the, 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 the problem of doping, we have the problem of trying to, to win of all costs, cheating. We have a major problem in betting, you know, people that are addicted to, to, to bet in sports. The, 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 I, I know that sports always will, will be the, the professional sport. It's, they are professionals. But the, the, the amount of money that are mixed in, a sport, in professional sport nowadays it's always a, a, a challenge. Also, in, in, in uh, amateur sports, you have other problems. You have like uh, situations where people can't leave their faith because of sports. No? Sunday, it's not the day for pray, but it's the day for sport. No? So if, if a person can't... Uh, uh, do both things many times. Okay, I have a, a match at four. I will run in the morning and I will watch uh, an NBA game in the night. So I can't go to the church today. So it's it's also difficult. And I think that another challenge we have, it's, it's sports not to to see yourself well. No, it's not a, a body coat. Sports to develop yourself on mind, spirit, and also your physic, no, your body, but not only body. And I think that nowadays it's also a difficult we, we could see in sport uh, is that many people do sport just to, to look well, no, and, and, and it's not the, the main idea. So there's obviously positives and negatives about sport. We've, we've talked about those. You, you were able to share some of that. You know, it's, it's, I think there's probably a misperception that, that whenever uh, people from within the Christian faith speak about uh, sport, specifically you know, publishing about sport, that the idea is that they're trying to convince others that actually, no, there's not as much bad in sport as what people think there is. And that's not what Brian and I have been about. And it sounds like that's not what, what you're about either. I know that you spent a lot of time speaking with uh, colleagues, lay colleagues, and and those from the clergy from around the world about issues related to sport and faith. And I wonder if you can share a little bit of some of your experiences crossing uh, na you know, nation-state borders, crossing oceans, spending time with people from all over the world to talk about sport and faith specifically through the Christian life movement and through um, the hierarchy of the Catholic Church. What have your experiences been like? Yeah. 
Uh, it's really great question because uh, when I started studying sport and the relation with faith, many people that are uh, Christians and Catholics, they laugh about it. They, they, it, it, it. That sounds strange to them that it could be a relation between faith and sport. It's like, okay, you like sports, so you are trying to find a, a bridge, but okay, just because you want to see the match tomorrow. No, like mm -hmm. people could, could think about it. But when I started meeting, first of all, I met the people in the well, Catholic Church in Rome are divided in, in, in areas, you know, and the lay area of the church started a, a, a section that were sport and faith. And then the cultural, the area of the church started in another group of sport and culture and faith. So I started meeting the people in the lay uh, dicastery of uh, the Catholic Church, and they invited me for a meeting for a congress in Rome, and then another meeting of the Murcia University in Spain. So I went to, do, to both congresses, and there uh, I, met, I met there John Watson, you know, and th there I heard for the first time about the Global Congress on Sport and Christianity, that I couldn't go to England the first time, but thank God I could go to Michigan last year. And, uh, well, I, I, I saw that there are a really profound reflection about the, 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 the matter, the subject, and there are many things wrote about the popes no? and Catholic theologians and, 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 and for other Christians, theologians that have wrote a lot about it. I started reading it and I did myself, that was my, my, my book, I, I did myself like a, a, a personal reflection about everything I have uh, read. So I met many people that are in the same page that I was thinking that sport and faith have a lot in common and it's important to develop the reflection and an intellectual path so many people from faith or from sport can get to each other. I think that from Christians, sport's very important to be better Christians. And for athletes, Christian faith is great for them to be better athletes. That's the relation I think that's most important. You know, you're starting to draw together these uh, experiences into what becomes an action plan, something that you see in, in terms of the possibilities of sport, and yet you see gaps. There are things that where people either don't think about it uh, properly or aren't making appropriate decisions. And so you spend all this time talking with uh, clergy, uh, intellectuals, uh, trying to sort of formulate a plan. Can we bring it down to uh, maybe the family as a, as a basic unit and, or, or maybe schools and see what are, the, what are the, some of the things that if you were to be able to make some changes in the area of sport, what would be one, two, three? What would be those uh, changes that you might move toward? Yeah, that's, that's a, a really important uh, issue. We always have the, the big gap from real life and theology. That's, of course, it's real life, but how people can live their lives with the, the, the developed uh, 
reflections about that. But okay, uh, I've seen many different initiatives and in, in, in our movement, we started in Colombia and in Rio. In Rio, we have like 200 uh, kids from, from uh, poor communities that are on a project we have there from virtues through sport. No? It's Christian virtues through sport, how to learn uh, to be more virtuous people. And 200 guys uh, from 13, 14 years have teachers uh, from, uh, from different areas trying to teach sport, that is futsal, and also that's like the, the small soccer, and also the, the values of the, the church. In the family life, I think that it's very important. We have a very difficult situation for families in general in our society. Now, having a family is almost uh, uh, like a, a crazy idea. No? When, when, you, when you say that you are getting married, many people don't congrats you, but they say, oh, I'm sorry, what happened? Why are you going to get married? <laughs> and we are going to, when you're going to have another child, many people can say the same, oh, why another one? So... I think that's very important. Uh, sport can be very important for families to be together, to stay uh, uh, as a community. I think that a, a family is a, is a community, no? And uh, they, 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 the, the situations that permit you share different experience, like sport, that's so rich, no? That you can, you need effort, you need preparation, you have fun. That's so many things that get you together as a family. So uh, it could be a walk together. It can be hiking a mountain together. It can be play uh, American football. It can be play basketball, soccer together. And it's a, a, a family experience, a, a rich family experience, I think. So I'm curious about this sport and virtues idea that you mentioned. What a, what a cool initiative. And I'm wondering if you can speak more into the specifics of that. Are we talking about cardinal virtues here? Are we talking about sort of um, maybe more culturally based virtues? Are we talking about sportsmanship? What is it exactly that, that these kids are learning as they're, as they're playing futsal and, and football? Yeah. Well, I, I think that all virtues, you know, the, the theological virtues, the cardinal virtues, and also the human virtues who can learn them through sport. Uh, for example, nowadays in, in, in in, in, on our societies in, 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 the, in the, the west part of the world, the rules are relative. No, everything is relative. No, the, the only idea that is not relative is the idea that everything is relative. That is an absolute affirmation. No, mm. so when when you affirm everything is relative, it's so absolute affirmation. So, but when you see sports. The rules are the rules. One second, one millimeter, one very small detail make all the difference. You know, make, uh, I've been watching the, the NBA playoffs, and you see that the last minute can last 20 minutes <laughs> because everything is so, every detail is so important. So I think that learning that the rules are uh, important you can learn nowadays not because your teacher at school 
tell that to you. But when you see that in sport, when in soccer, the ball should cross and, and the entire ball should cross the line to be a goal. And now we have all the technology. And if just one small part of the ball doesn't cross the line, it's not goal. No, but 99% of the ball is inside the goal. Okay, but it's not a goal. So, and also you can have faith, you can have hope, you can have charity with the others and, and many virtues that you can learn, the, the work together with others, respect, you know, so many things that you can learn through sport. You know, Alexander, I think you hit on some aspects of sport that are really attractive when we start thinking about positive life values or virtues, however we want to describe uh, some of the potential byproducts of sport. And this is a little bit of a tough question and probably an eternal mystery, but we can sometimes find people that will really pay attention to those details in sport and they will... Uh, show great teamwork and great loyalty and be honest about the ball crossing the line or not. And then they'll walk out and get involved with a gang or sell drugs or lie to their family or cheat on their wife. And so this nexus between being virtuous in sport and virtuous in life is just sometimes hard to, to bridge, yeah. uh, hard to connect. Have you encountered any ways to try to make that come alive in some of your work? Yeah, that's such a great question. And, and uh, that happens a lot. No, that's a bridge that should be crossed between your life and sport. No, it, it, it really doesn't matter if you are a great, have great sportsmanship and outside your sports life, you are a bad person. No, I think that it's pointless. So uh, that, that's why uh, I, I think that the, this bridge should be crossed. And the, 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 first, the first idea is to understand how Christianity can make you not just a better athlete, but a better person. And also, and also when you practice sport, you can be a better Christian because you learn many things that, okay, you will learn about the Bible and theology and the, 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 the preacher you, you, you listen to and your, uh, in your Christian community, you learn about a lot about your faith, but also uh, in sport, you experience that. Huh? Perseverance that you experience when you are running or swimming or cycling, uh, but also it's pointless that you are uh, a great guy that you give all yourself in the field and outside the field, you join a gang or, or, or you are a bad person. So that's for sure uh, a bridge that must be crossed. You know? and, and I think that the, the importance the, that we, what we are doing, that you are doing, uh, is try to, to, to put bricks in this bridge. Because it's, it's important to do that. It's a, a very new field of study and of pastoral work, labor. And, uh, of course, we, we have to keep doing what we are doing to, to achieve the, 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 the goal that building this bridge. And there are also some challenges. Uh, the FIFA, 
that's the, the International Federation of Football, Soccer, they try to get religion out of the game. No? And uh, in Brazil, uh, Brazil have, uh, most of the people are Catholic, but have a lot of Christians of other confessions, but soccer players are mostly uh, Christians. No? Uh, and, and they have a lot of pastors that, that, that guides them and they do a great job. And many people feel uncomfortable with that. Well, why 100% Christ? You know, in, in, in some players use a, a shirt. Uh, why they can't do that? Why we can't accept their faith? And also, see, but, but that's important. It's important that that guys shows their faith values on court, in the field, and outside the field too, I think. But of course, you're you are saying, Brian, it's, it's very important to, to cross that bridge or to build that bridge. It's a good analogy for us. And when you talk about uh, taking bricks and putting them to build that bridge, it gives it gives a, I guess, a particular mental image for me of of just how much labor is required in order to build that bridge. It's it's a tough one to build, especially when organizations like FIFA and I would say historically a number of um, major professional sport organizations in the United States as well have, if not been antithetical to faith of the athletes within those leagues, at least have sort of haven't you know certainly haven't espoused it or promoted it in any way. I think there's probably a bit of a viewpoint, especially at elite levels of athletics, that if an athlete is a Christian, he or she will therefore be less aggressive, less intense, and won't care about their sport as much. And these organizations certainly want athletes to be all in to the particular sport in order to try to win. And it's interesting how we can then take a look at uh, sport and virtue, sport and faith, Christianity and sports together and see those things as, as mutually edifying. You know, you, you mentioned that what's going on here is basically uh, what I hear you saying is you're taking young people who are playing sport, families who are playing sport, and then talking to them about what's actually going on in sport and how that's, that's those are good things for your life, that when you're playing sport, you're learning about following the rules. You're learning about discipline and teamwork. And Brian mentioned loyalty. All of these good things that can help one in one's faith walk. And so it's not necessarily playing soccer and then at halftime doing a sermon or talking about the Bible and then playing the second half. Instead, it's playing sport and then realizing when you're playing sport, you're actually developing a virtue. And these are virtues that, if not specific to cardinal and theological virtues, are certainly very close and will help someone in one's faith life. And so I'm wondering now um, how this work connects with the Christian life movement. If, is this just something that you've sort of pulled along on the side and seen, hey, there's real value in sport, and so I'm going to talk about it in the Christian life movement? Or is this actually central to the mission of the Christian life movement? Yeah. Uh, thanks, Chad. The, the, for us, the, the key, and I, and I think that's for all Christian confessions, the key is the uh, Christian anthropology. Because we see the person as an unity. We can't separate body, soul, and spirit. As St. Paul said, we are all together. And we can't have a person with just body 
of just mind or just spirit. We are always all together. So when you are uh, practicing a sport, you are also having, uh, of, of course, you are uh, making uh, something that is considered uh, just a body thing. But you have to think. You have to, your, your anima, your spirit is also part of that, that, uh, that practice of sport. So I think that the key for that, that we should keep, keep uh, uh, getting deep on this, on this uh, matter is how the, the vision we have as Christians of the human person is a unity. It's integral. And it, ma it, it, it makes it possible for people to not just be a, 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 a sportman or sportwoman, but they can be an integral person when they, when they do everything they do. So I think that that's the, the, the main key in, in, in the relation between sport and faith, the, the, the Christian anthropology. You know, Alexandre, when we started this, you started to walk through some of your own experiences. You started to talk about how you developed a love of sport, and it was quite broad. There were a lot of different sports that you love to play. And you've experienced this now as an insider, as an athlete, not as a scholar necessarily first, right? You came in through the door of just loving sport. And as we're, we're getting near the end of this uh, conversation, and, and I want to give you an opportunity to, to personalize this a little bit and talk about how sport has provided some of the things that, that you're thinking about at a, sort of a theoretical, theological level. How does that come home for you? And how has that maybe evolved in your time in sport as your sport life has, you know, changed through the years? Yeah. Well, Brian, I, I think that the, the, there are two big uh, lessons I experienced through sport. The, the first one is the, the, the importance of being with our friends and communities and family and brothers and sisters that will learn practicing a, 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 a group sport, you know, like football, volleyball, or basketball. And that makes you feel you are a part of something bigger that everyone is important in the, in the team. And it's a, a very important lesson I had and I try to use it every day. And, and I experience it's so important at my work, at my job, at my family, it's very important. And also uh, I, I had a very strong experience. I, I just run one marathon. I try to run every day, but the 42 kilometers, I just did that once. And I, I was well prepared. I prepared for one year running 10 kilometers a day, once a month, 20 kilometers. So I, I felt prepared and I, I was prepared not, not to, of course, not to win the marathon, but to, to finish the marathon. I, I wanted to finish in less than four hours. That was my goal. And... And I, I reached the 28th of kilometers. That's more than half a marathon. I reached that in less than two hours and I, I was doing great. And then I started experiencing that, wow, each uh, step I made, 
it was tougher and tougher. And, and, and once I thought I, I would not finish the, the marathon, it, it won't not be possible. And uh, I just keep in mind that I, okay, I have to finish. I, I prayed. I, I, I used to help people were people who were, was, uh, uh, how, how to say that was, go on, cheering. go on. Yeah. Yeah. Cheering, 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 yeah. cheering, cheering. Mm-hmm. And I, I used that for like half an hour. I just kept on, on, the, on the road because of them and because I was praying. And at one moment, I was great again. And, 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 and I was not feeling bad as I was half an hour before. So I could finish the marathon with less velocity. But I, I, I knew there that in Christian life and all important things in life, we have two goals. We have to finish the race. It's very important to finish the race. Uh, and also we have to be perseverant. We have to keep going. Oh, it's not a, a, an irrational thing. You have to keep going because the good things in life, the great things in life, you, you, you need to keep there. You have to keep uh, persevering to, do, to achieve that goals. So I learned that from a marathon in one Sunday morning. And it was eight years ago, and I keep using that as one of the most important experiences I had in my life. That's such a good testament to the value, I suppose, of distance running. It's something in my life I just haven't been able to experience. And so as as you're saying that you're you you run for distances now in your life and that's your physical activity, I'm just thinking, boy, I can't I, I haven't caught the bug, so to speak. I just that hasn't um it doesn't energize me in a way that I really wish that it would. And so your your story is really interesting one. You know, we're following the, the exhortations of St. Paul to say, you know, you have to run the good race and, and persevere. And that's all very important stuff. I just, I start running and I, I don't like it. And I think, boy, I could be getting the same exact uh, type of exercise, the same goodness for my body. If I'm going to play soccer, if I'm going to play a game of basketball uh, or any other number of things, I could, I could really get a great workout and be in less pain. <laughs> And so I don't, I, I haven't caught the bug with running. And I love your story here to show how how valuable, you know, distance running is. And um, I guess I'm just wondering whether you started distance running in order to experience something like that, or if you just started running to run and then that came alongside it. No, yes, I, I experienced that. But uh, what is important is, well, like a... a a Christian tip here. It's like praying. It's easier every day than once a week. If you pray every day, it's easier than do that just once a week. And running or swimming or cycling, like the, the sports that's require, that we are alone and requires a sustained effort, it's important to do it every day, even if you don't, it's not necessary uh, to, to, to feel pain. You can do that for 10 minutes and then 20 minutes and then 30 minutes. And you can skip one day and you can walk the other day. But it's important that in three years, you keep running. So you, you see how you will develop yourself in, 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 many, in many, not just as a runner, 
No, I, I'm not a great runner. I, I run every day now because I, I psychologically need that, spiritual need that, and physically need that. But I don't want to be to to, to I, I I I sign for 10 kilometers three times a, a year and a half marathon once a year to keep myself w- with other people in running. But I run every day because I, I think when I am running. I pray when I'm running. I remember my my important things of my life when I'm running. So it's not necessarily a pain thing. It's it's something that you enjoy, but you have to do it for many days and weeks and months and years. You know, Alexandre, uh, I apologize for my co-host, Chad, who can't quite figure out, you know, where you were <laughs> headed. I mean, after oh, you, talked about, you talked about running and I was ready to, you know, lace up my sneakers and go. And he's, yeah. you know, he's going to have another opponent. <laughs> I mean, what are you, you going to do? So I, I really appreciate that. And, and I also really think it's timely given where we are with this global pandemic. I mean, the word perseverance just seems to apply so closely to the space that we're in right now. Uh, the The future uh, for many of us just keeps looping, right? We, we think, oh, it's going to be over. It's going to be over. It's going to be over. And yet in the midst of any trial and in, in the midst of any difficulty, while we certainly can pray for it to go away. We also can pray for that to teach us, right? Whatever that is. And uh, I think we're all learning something in this process. Um, thank you for uh, your words as you've inspired us to, to potentially go out and run, but certainly think about those links and connections between uh, our sport life and our prayer life and our, our bodies, our holistic um, uh, movement through this world and how those things connect. It's been uh, really exciting to hear you. Um, and, and I would put it this way. I'll loop back to what you said earlier. So many of your words resonate with us from uh, a world apart, right? So in many ways, we're speaking the same language and that's exciting. Um, great for us. Uh, I just wanted to thank you for coming on um, and thank you for the good work that you're continuing to do in this effort. Um, Any final words? Well, just thank you so much. And thank you for you, Brian and Chad, the the Congress you organized were really, really great. And thank you for your work and for having this project and for inviting me to, to share this experience. I think that, well, I, 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 I think that we experienced the same, and in the Congress we could see that. You know, how the people who were there uh, discovered that important path between faith and sport. So, thank you too so much for what you are doing. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Sport Faith Life podcast. Find previous episodes at sportfaithlife.com and on Apple Podcasts. We're releasing each episode with a blog post authored by our guests, so you can find the blog for this podcast and other posts at the same website, sportfaithlife.com.